Good morning. We're kind of shrunk today. That's okay. That's all right. We got a lot of people out of town, and and uh, they'll be back shortly. I'm sure of that. Thanks for being here today. What a beautiful day God has given us again. And uh, uh, we want to talk about our Lord Jesus today. In fact, John chapter 6. Jesus is describing himself. There's many important things in John chapter 6. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. He uh, had done several other things, but that was fresh on their mind, and people were following Jesus like crazy all over every place he went. And, uh, and then Jesus preached the Bread of Life sermon in John chapter 6. And you know what happened after that? Verse 66 in that chapter says they all left him. They said, these sayings are too hard for us. He is the bread of life. What does it mean he gives us flesh and his, his blood to drink? How, how can that be? And the Jews grumbled about that. This morning, we're going to talk about the bread of life sermon. Let's pray. God, thank you. Privileged to be here again today. Thank you for the room we have to meet in. Thank you for our health and we can enjoy worshiping you and singing and praying and listening to your word. Bless the sermon today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord does not waste time in getting to what he came for. Even though they did not want to take or hear what he had to say, it was still the truth, and it was the only thing that was going to set them free. If you look at John chapter 6, verses 25-26, they were talking about boats and going across the, the, the sea there. And uh, they, they said, well, how, how did you get here, Jesus? He didn't even answer that. But what he did say is this. In verse 25, 26, you've come looking for me not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you. I filled your stomachs and for free. So why were they following him? Why did they want to be close to him? Why did they follow him everywhere he went and even got in the boats and followed him? Well, their stomachs were full. Hey, here's somebody can feed us. I have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. I like this guy. They had their stomachs full. You know, uh, that begs the question for me. Why do I come to church? Well, here's some reasons. Some like to come to church because it's a nice thing to do. Others come to church to get business contacts. Some come to church to get that certain girl or boy, which really isn't a bad idea. 
Well, I like the church, friend, church people's friendliness. That's a good reason. Or I can get my, help, get my bills paid and put food on my table. Another reason. Uh, I like what the church can do for me. Well, my parents came to this church, and so I have all my friends here. So These are all reasons why people come to church. But did you notice what Jesus did with the people who had their stomachs full, wanting to be close to him? Look what Jesus did that. Do you happen to notice what Jesus did with the topic of the day? The meat and potatoes to living bread. Eternal bread. He was and is the living bread. Friend, the need of the hour for every living man and woman everywhere is salvation. Second Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about keeping his promise as some people think he is. In fact, God is patient. Because he wants everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. I like the message here. It says he's giving everyone space and time to change. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Friend, I want you to know, you know it too. Sin is wrecking all who persist in it. People getting such big messes from their sin and their persistence in it. Satan is accomplishing his goal. He is in most people's lives. In fact, 2 Timothy 2, 26 says this. They have been trapped by the devil and he makes them obey him, but God may help them escape. I like the message again, where they are caught and held captive. Now look at this next part. I like this. Forced to run his errands. That's the devil. Most people today are caught. They're in a trap of Satan. And, and they run his errands. Friend, right now, right here this morning, you and I are either in the trap of the devil or in the grace of God. One of the two. There's only two places to be for a live, living person. Trap of the devil or in the grace of God. The Lord wants us to give the Lord wants to give you this living bread that when eaten will give eternal life. We need to be here today to get some of that eternal bread. Our salvation is secure and the Holy Spirit lives in us. This should be the purpose that we are here today for to honor God, to praise Him, Give him our hearts in obedience. Now then, why do people come to church? Why do people follow him? They had their stomachs full. They, uh, that's all they really wanted. But Jesus said, wait a minute. I'm going to give you some living bread. Some living bread. He said, verse 48, John 6, I am the bread that gives life. Verse 51, I am the bread that from heaven, everyone who eats it will live forever. 
My flesh is a life-giving bread that I give to the people of this world. Now, bread. A bread that is not dated. Now, once in a while, Arlen and I will go and we'll buy bread and we'll buy, you know, like four for a dollar. No, four for five or whatever it is. Four for a dollar is pretty cheap. Uh, four or five dollars, whatever. And we can't eat all that bread. Arlen and I can't eat all that bread at one time. So we put three of those in the freezer. I'll leave one out. And we get them out when we are ready for our next one. But uh, to keep it fresh. Ron, you used to work at the hamburger bun factory. What degrees were in your freezer? Minus five. Minus five degrees. What for? Keep it fresh. Why? Well, we can add preservatives to keep it soft and fresh, but you know eventually what bread does? What's bread do? It's old. It's moldy. And what do we do with it? Feed it to the birds. Throw it outside. But we're talking about living bread today. The living bread is the Lord himself. Take a look around you. We are real people with real needs and problems. There has been a lot of garbage disposed of because of Christ right here today. We are not saints on our own accord. We are sinners saved by the grace of God. We are serving a real God and a real Savior. Let me illustrate what I'm really getting at here. Now, a lot of garbage got rid of, and here's, here's wrong. Now, believe me. You don't have time to hear all the garbage Christ has gotten rid of for me. The chief of sinners, I feel like at times. You know, that's real. Christ gives real bread, life giving bread that gives life to us. And because of that, a lot of the garbage has gotten rid of. And I don't want to think about that garbage. I know you don't either. What I used to be, what I used to do, all gone because of Christ, the living bread. A little town in Okinawa, 30 years before World War II, a missionary on his way to Japan stopped there and, and, and taught two people, Soshi and his brother Mohan. And gave them a Bible. Then he left. But another missionary had been there since 
World War II correspondent came across the village along with many soldiers and guns leveled. At that point, two older men came face to face with the soldiers and bowed down their face to the ground and welcomed them. The GIs were flabbergasted and sent for the chaplain. He came with officers of the intelligence service. They toured the village and, and they looked all around. They found the streets and homes spotlessly clean. All the people were gentle and kind. All the other villages in Okinawa were filthy and the people were ignorant and poverty-stricken. These two men were Soshi and Mohan. Everyone in that village was a Christian. A tough old sergeant strolled through the village one day and said, I can't figure this out. This kind of people coming from a Bible and a couple old men who want to live like Jesus Christ. Maybe we have been using the wrong kind of weapons to make the world over. Yeah? Christ is living. The living bread. He lives in the hearts of all people who have eaten that living bread. Now then, what is he to you? Maybe Christ... The living bread is just a story to you. Maybe he's just a good man that you've heard about. Our friend, I want you to know he is the Lord and he can and does care and love his own, every one of us. He is real. So are his commandments. When followed, those commandments are followed, they bring true joy and happiness. Christ came to give life living bread. When we eat of that, we get life, eternal life. But there are some commandments we need to take care of. It means we've got to change some things. Uh, I'm just going to get practical here. So here we go. How do we treat our wives, guys? Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. I like a, another translation a little better. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Period. There it is. It doesn't go on and say, well, if they treat you all right, it's okay. You should not be embittered against them. It doesn't say that if our wives are behaving themselves, we need to not be bitter against them. It says, period. Love your wives. Never treat them harshly. How are we doing? When followed, bring true joy and happiness. God's commandments. Ladies, I can't forget you. How do we treat our husbands? Colossians 3.18. A wife must put her husband first. This is her duty as a follower of the Lord. 
And LT says, wives, submit to your husbands as fitting as for those who belong to the Lord. Listen. Ladies and the wives, it doesn't make any difference how your husband treats you. If he treats you harshly, he shouldn't. If he's embittered against you, he shouldn't. But wives, listen to me. This is a command of God. Submit your husband as fitting for those who belong to God. Another one. How, uh, how do we treat people in general? Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 14 says it this way. Chosen by God for this new life of love, dressed in the wardrobe of God that God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength. I like that one. Discipline, be even-tempered, content with, get this, second place. I know how you are. Uh, this is just me, I'm just telling you one of my faults. Uh, especially, it depends on what I'm driving. If I'm driving Lloyd's Corvette, and there's a car comes up alongside of me, and they kind of act like they want to go fast. Better yet. In Canada, uh, the speed limit's 110. Come on, with Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, I did. Anyway. There came this kid up beside us. We were driving down the interstate up there in Canada. I was doing this, whatever it was. And he kept alongside of me. And he kept, you know, I'm trying to get me to go. And I, I stood it for two seconds. <laughs> Seemed like a long time. And I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. I just stepped on, left him in the dirt. But... Content with second place. <laughs> then a Porsche pulled out in front of us. A black one. Porsche uh, uh, Catera? Is that one? No. Carrera. That's it. Thank you. And a black thing. And uh, man, he was passing everybody. That's all, oh, man. This isn't fair. So he was jet black. So I thought, hey, well, I'm white. So black and white, they go together. So I took off right after him. Oh, man. We are moving. But anyway, he pulled off and I had to slow down. I can't be content with second place. This says I need to be. Here's another one. Quick to forgive an offense. It doesn't say don't get mad. It doesn't say you can't have your feelings hurt. It says quick to forgive an offense. God knows 
Every one of us in this room can get offended, can get upset about people and what they do to us, what they say to us. And, and, and this says, forgive, quick to forgive the offense. Don't linger on it. Don't think about it for a day, a week. I know people who linger on it for years, their entire life, and they're miserable. Friend, if we follow these commandments, it's for our own happiness. And life-giving bread Jesus gives is through this. All right, let's finish that verse. Uh, forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. Forgive as quickly and completely. Now, now, when you ask God to forgive us of your sins, uh, does He say, does He come back and say, Now, Gary, I'll forgive you as of midnight tonight? Does He do that? No. What's He saying? It's done. It's done. When the words come off your lips, it's done. First John 1 John 1.9 He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do we treat people generally? No, no. Here's another one. How is our attitude generally? You know, some people I love to be around. Some people I, oh. Do I have to be near that person? Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now, I'm going to come back to that word rule there. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. What's your attitude? Uh, this word rule in Colossians 3.15, that word means to be an arbitrator. Did you hear that? Let Christ rule. Let Christ arbitrate in your life. Let your life be that. You, need, you and I need to be arbitrators. What does that mean to you? It means to me that somebody stands on my behalf. I need to have the attitude toward others. How can I make it better? What can I do to help this person or that person? What can I say? What can I do? What can I pray for that will break, become, I can become an arbitrator? Our attitude. And be thankful. Now then, let's get real again here. What does God command about sex outside of marriage? Hebrews 13.4 says it this way. Have respect for marriage. Always be faithful to your partner because God will punish anyone who is immoral or unfaithful in marriage. That's God's word. That same passage in the message. Honor marriage and guard, I love this, and guard the sacredness of the sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line, I guess casual, and illicit sex. Anything outside the marriage bond, friend? It's sin. That's why it is, what God says. We're talking about life. The bread of life. 
You follow these commands, it brings our joy and happiness. It's for our good. Here's another one. What about idolatry? Now, what is that? Idolatry is something or somebody that means more to us than God. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. My friends, you must keep away from idols. Why? Well, we need to read Revelation 21, verse 8. But I'll tell you what will happen to cowards and everyone who is unfaithful and dirty-minded or murderers or sexually immoral or uses witchcraft or worships idols. There it is. Worships idols or tells lies. They will be thrown into the lake of fire, the burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now then. An idol. It could be many things. It could be people. It could be things. It could be places. I have to admit to you, and you've heard me say this before, but sometimes my hunting, I enjoy hunting and fishing. It can become a God to me. It can take over my mind. It can take over my feeling. It can take over my emotions. It can be a God. I cannot let that go on. There are times I have to shut my mind off. I have to put all the magazines away. I have to shut my computer off because I'm watching hunting videos. And do what I'm supposed to be doing. Friend, God's commands are for our happiness. We're talking about living bread. After World War II, in his book entitled God's Psychiatry, Charles Allen tells a story. As the war, World War II was drawing near, drawing to an end, the Allied armies gathered up many hungry orphans. They placed them in camps where they were well fed despite excellent care. They slept poorly. They seemed nervous and afraid. Finally, a psychologist came up with a solution. Each child was given a piece of bread to hold after they were put into bed. Not to eat, just to hold a piece of dry old bread. This piece of bread produced wonderful results. The children went to bed knowing instinctively they would have food to eat the next day. Took care of the problem. Slept like babies. Well, friend, what kind of bread are you eating today? The stuff that dries up, gets moldy? How long will that bread you're eating last? Is it temporary or is it living? Friend, I ask you today again, have you tasted the living bread? How are you reacting to the commands of God? How are you reacting to that? No, I don't have any idols in my life. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm true to my mate. Yeah, I, I treat people good. Except that person. Or that person. Because of this sermon of our Lord, verse 66 says, they all left him and said, these are hard sayings. Well, may I ask you today, today, right now, are you going to leave him also? Why not say, as Peter said, to whom shall we go? Only you have the words of life, the bread of life. Maybe it needs to be like this illustration. You might be here this morning and you've not been eating the living bread. Life-giving bread. In Africa, a man was trying to translate the book of John to that particular tribe's language. And he came to the word in the Bible, belief in God. He didn't know how to translate that. He did not know. How can I translate this word so these people get the picture of what belief is? Several days and weeks he worked on this translation and could not get it. Finally, one day, a messenger came running up and delivered an important message. The messenger was absolutely exhausted. Had nothing left. He delivered the message. Then he said, I am at the end of myself. I'm at the end of myself. And then he said, I'm resting all my weight here. As he fell into a hammock. That translator found his word for belief. And maybe that's where we need to be today. I'm at the end of myself. I don't know what to do. Believe it or not, there are people out there that are so at the end of their life they want to take it. Talked to a young lady the other night for a couple hours that She's attempted that several times. End of myself. Therefore, I'm going to give my weight here. But you can say that now. I'm going to give my life to the life bread. The living bread. Christ Jesus. Might be you're here today. Say, I'm tired of my life. It's a mess. I need out. Why not just put your weight on Jesus Christ? Fall into his hammock. Let him take over. Remember, we talked about the bread of life today. And I don't know what kind of bread you've been eating. If you're eating at all, but I encourage you to eat the life-giving blood. Bread, the blood of Christ, can cover your sins and make you free.
forgive all that sin and get rid of all that garbage. There's a lot of garbage. They're forgiven already, but maybe there needs to be more right here today, right now. Christ is the bread of life, the living bread. You've got a need today. You need prayer. You need to confess, ask forgiveness. May I encourage you to do that. Right here, right now. Right here's the place to do it. This is the hammock right here. People will love you. People will care for you. That's what needs to be done. Thank you for your listening today. Pray what we said can be a blessing to you today. Uh, Lord, I'll just turn it over to you.